Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week, well, Randy's should here. be Brendan Randy Lee. Yes, it should be, but isn't. Um, you got gosh. the worst half. No, I didn't. We're always happy well, to have yeah, any did. of the Lees here. It was kind of you to say the opposite. We'll take but... any Lees. Yep. And so our topic today is a very light topic, uh, and it says the point of all this. That's right. We, we, you know, I was. We were entering into November, Feast of All Saints, Feast of All Souls. We're we're focusing on all those people who have who have left here, left us, gone to the other side of the veil kind of stuff. And and we're also coming to the end of the church year, right? And with all this buzzing about, I'm I'm thinking, reflecting, I guess, hopefully this is where all this should bring me, but I'm reflecting on thinking about what is a good life? You know, what's all this for? What's mm. what's the point, right? And I'm thinking not the easiest questions in the world. So who should I take these hard questions to, right? But why not the smartest person who ever lived? Okay. Right? right? Which would be, right, Solomon. Okay. Right? Right? What's King Solomon think about the meaning of life? And the amazing thing is, when you ask Solomon about the meaning of life, what's the point, what's a good life, what you get is a Bible story that makes no sense. No that's sense. Your favorite kind that, of Bible that's story. my favorite kind of story. You go, wait, how can the story of Solomon make no sense, right? Why is this man who ever lived, right? He had to have gotten it right, right? God shows up in a dream. What do you want? Solomon says, I want wisdom, right? So I can rule my people well. Mm-hmm. God says, right answer. So I'll also give you wealth and honor. Yes. And they all live happily ever after, right? Mm-hmm. Solomon builds the temple, amasses great wealth and honor. All the beautiful, cool people, powerful people come to visit him. Judah becomes one of the world's preeminent superpowers. And in the midst of all this, Solomon manages to get a baby back to its correct mother by threatening to cut the baby in oh, two. Yes. Right? It's, yeah. it's the perfect story. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a guy who writes how-to books, and they put them in the Bible, right? But here's where it all wigs out, right? Makes no (laughs) sense, right? Mm -hmm. Solomon writes Ecclesiastes. He's looking over his life, how he's, and how's he start the book, but vanity of vanities. And then he repeats, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You know, Whoa, dude, how can you say that? You've got it all. Wealth, power, prestige, 700 wives, 300 concubines. You built the temple, one of the great wonders of the world. You will be remembered forever, right? Solomon, buddy, chill out. You are the real deal, right? And then Solomon says, this incredible thing. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. And we're like, excuse me, Saul, but for the smartest guy who ever lived, that's a little self-evident, right? It's called the water cycle. 
We learn about it in fourth grade, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? But then we realize Solomon isn't talking about the ocean. Mm -hmm. The statement is autobiographical. Solomon is the sea. Solomon yeah. is the ocean. Mm -hmm. All rivers, the power river, the Everything wealth Everything comes river. to him. The, yeah. Right, exactly. The wives river, the wisdom river, yeah. the prestige river, they all flow into him but no matter how much they all flow into him, he's never full. full yeah. Right? He's always empty. That's how we get to this. It's mm -hmm. all vanity, right? Yeah. How many wives does this guy really need? <laughs> right? How many? You know, one. one. Exactly. How many concubines? Zero. Yeah. Right? 699 times this guy has said, I just need one more wife. Yeah. 300 times he said, I just need one more concubine. Right? And they're all women God told him, do not marry. Right? These women have, have got him building shrines to false gods, mm, praying to false yeah. gods. Solomon looks at all he's done, right? All these wonderful, incredible things he's done. And he says, I hated all the fruit of my labor. And, you know, I know a lot of people think when they read about Solomon, it's like, oh, wow, he, I wish I was just like him. He had everything. If I just had everything that Solomon had, I'm sure I'd be happy, but that's not the story. That's not the story at all, right? He's looking at all this glittery, shiny success stuff, and he says, I hated it, right? He looks at all his sons. You talked about, you know, what really matters. He looks at all his sons, and he says, I spent my life building this incredible kingdom, mm -hmm. and I will die entrusting it to a fool. Uh, right? Yeah. What, a, what a tribute to your family, right? right? Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. He's no dummy, right? He knows where things are really at, mm -hmm. right? Everything looks great, but you peel back the veneer and the kingdom is a mess on the brink of schism. The faith of his people is a mess. Everybody's off worshiping the wrong gods in the right. wrong place. His family is a mess, and he's a mess, right? Right, and, and he and we are left to ask, with so much wisdom, so much right, yeah. how did everything go so wrong, yeah. right? And I think to find that answer, we need to go all the way back to the beginning of the story, right? So, so we have young Solomon, right, really just a kid, just became king, you know, really out of his his element, he's overmatched, you know, and he really, Solomon really only has two things that are going for him when he sits down on the throne, right? One, he really loves the Lord, yes. right? And two, he's seen what love is, what love means mm -hmm. for God, right? He's seen how steadfast God's love was for David right? So Solomon sets off to start his reign by worshiping God, right? Figures at least he can start his reign with a good foundation, even if he doesn't know what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. 
God had told the Jews, I want you to worship me with the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But Solomon wasn't into that kind of worship, Mm -hmm. right? Solomon liked to sacrifice and worship on what they called the high places. So Solomon is going to worship God his way, right? He's going to do it his way. So off he goes to Gibeon, one of the high places, and Solomon goes to sleep the night before. He is to sacrifice there at the high place, and God appears to Solomon, right? Kind of cool. Solomon is in the wrong place. God appears to Solomon anyway, face-to-face even, and God asks Solomon, what shall I give you? And Solomon starts out, well, I've seen how steadfast your love was for my dad, Mm -hmm. right? My dad, good guy, but he could be a screw up, Mm -hmm. right? Right. We we know the stories and there's Bathsheba and there's Absalom and the whole bit, right? right? My dad could be a screw up, but even though my dad was a screw up, your heart never turned from him. Mm. Your heart never abandoned him. Lord, when you love, that love is steadfast. That Mm -hmm. love is enduring. That love is unfailing. Now, what should be Solomon's next line? Right? And think about, before you answer, what is the first most important commandment? To love God with your whole mind, heart, soul, and will. Exactly. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your will, with all your soul. Jesus Jesus even says it is the what commandment? The most important. Important. Yes, Yes, the most important. Yeah, sounds like that's the one thing that always has to be the center. That's right. 1 Corinthians 13, big wedding Mm -hmm. you're reading, right? If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith Mm -hmm. that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing, right? That's Paul speaking. Yeah. So what should Solomon ask for? What should be his next line? Love for God. That's right. Lord, help me to love you just as you love me. Mm -hmm. Lord, give me a steadfast heart, a heart like yours. Yeah. Right? Randy, are you saying that when Solomon asks for wisdom, he's asking for the wrong thing? No. Okay. I'm not saying that. Jesus is saying that. Right? The Apostle Paul is saying that. Mm -hmm. Right? Again, 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of all gifts is love. Love. And so here Solomon is... Thinking, and I think we all thought that, oh, he asked for wisdom. Isn't that great? You know, and God says, okay, good, I'll give you that. And everything else, everything else that you could ever want. But that wasn't the one thing. That's, that, that's a good thing. It's not the best thing. It's not the one thing, the best thing. Yeah. So now what? So, so you think about, right? So, are not, if you go back to Corinthians, it reinforces Our knowledge, our wisdom, our prophecy, all imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. Mm. Shouldn't Solomon be asking for the greatest gift, the perfect gift, right? You know, and and as you and I were just saying, you know, Randy, you are so wrong, right? (laughs) Right in the story, it says, 
it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Mm-hmm. But but as we were just talking about, yeah. isn't it encouraging that we don't need to be perfect to please God? Yeah, that's true. Right? God right. was pleased when Solomon wasn't perfect. We don't need to bring home 100% on the test for God to be proud of us. We're going to find more out more about this in just a minute, but we're going to stop for a quick break. You're listening to The Holy Family the family show on Holy Family Radio. Amen. show with Randy Lee, Missing Brenda, and we're talking about... Here in spirit, though. She's here in spirit. Solomon and how he sort of messed things up. He did, right? You know, we're we're sitting here in the middle of November trying to, you know, find the the point of life and reflecting on all the people who've left and everything or not departed from this side of the veil, right? Yes. And... And we were talking about how we have this sense that Solomon asked for the best thing when he asked for wisdom, right? Yeah. And 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 our point is is no, he he asked for a good thing, but not the best not thing. The best. the best thing would have been to ask for God's heart, for mm-hmm. God's will, for right. to love the way God loves, and to be loved by God the way that God, or to to be able to love God the way that that God loves us, right? Right. And and if you go back to that moment, right, it, it, where where Solomon says, "I want wisdom, and so I can lead this people," God doesn't say, "Solomon, you asked for the best thing, so I'm going to give you everything." God says, "I'm pleased you asked for something for your neighbors, for your people, mm-hmm. rather than for yourself." Yes, right, right, right. And and you think about it. We were talking about. You know, love the Lord your God is the most important commandment. It's the the first commandment, right? Um, but the second commandment, according to Jesus, is love, love your, your neighbor. neighbor, right? So he almost gets it, right? He's close. Right, he's close, right? It's a good choice. It's just not the best, the best choice, right? Yeah. Um, we need to remember why everything from the kingdom to Solomon himself goes south to appreciate why it's only a good choice and, and love God would have been a better or to love God would have been a better choice, right? The reason everything goes south is because Solomon's heart begins to move away from God, Yeah, right? His love, Solomon's love for God is fervent. It's just not steadfast, right? Right. Um, so much wisdom, and he leaves the Lord for the world. Yeah, right. It's it's that dynamic of of you know scattering the word of God or scattering God's God's spirit in your heart, right? And and some of it lands in in the soil and it's choked off by weeds. Yeah. You know, the worldly stuff just grows right. up around it and just chokes it off. Right. Mm-hmm. He marries women he's not supposed to marry. 
they separate him from his God. He forgets his God. And once he forgets his God, he forgets his people. Yes. And when he forgets his people, then then he begins to overburden them and they begin to sort of chafe at the... And, and, and that's and, where he loses control. And don't we do that when we we lose our priorities? You know what I mean? When we let the world take over or come in and we lose our way, essentially. Well, that's exactly, you know, it's when you're driving. Yeah. Right? You, you've got to be focused right. on the road ahead of mm-hmm. you, right? And But but you can't be looking all, you know, isn't that a, it's it's fall, and check. the foliage. I, t- I have a text. I right. Do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the foliage is beautiful, right. but but best I not be staring at that right now. Yes. Right. Um, little detail that that I usually miss when reading this story, but but I think it's incredible detail. God grants Solomon wisdom, right? The big gift, and then He says, "And I'm going to give you all of this yeah, other really this other good stuff, stuff as right. well." Right. Right. Solomon. Solomon is there up on the high place to offer sacrifice. So he's up on the high place. He was there to offer sacrifice. God appears in a dream face to face, says, okay, I'm giving you what you want plus everything else, mm-hmm. right? What should Solomon do when he wakes? What do we expect him to do when he wakes up the next morning? He doesn't burn incense on the high place, doesn't burn his sacrifice on the high place, Right? He goes down to the ark in Jerusalem, and it's there that he offers his sacrifice, right? Because remember what God had said, I want you to offer sacrifice in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, right? He's doing what God has asked him to do the way God wanted him to do it, Mm -hmm. because the fruit of wisdom and love is obedience. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and if and if if Solomon had been in love right. and wise, he would have been obedient. Obedient, right? Um, I was I was talking the uh, to a friend the other day, right, about a relationship that she'd had, right, and as she's telling me about this relationship. She says this incredible phrase about the guy that she had been with. She says, when we were together, mm-hmm. right? And it struck me when she said that, that together for us people happens in time, right? Yes. We can be together and then we can be not together. Apart, right. Right? Yeah. right? So, so together in our vocabulary can mean even just for a minute, yeah. right? For God, together is outside of time, yes. right? Once together for God, always together, right? Mm-hmm. right? For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves. cleaves. That's cleaves right. Is cleaves is a really strong word. It is. Mother Teresa used to freak out on this word, right? Because she would say, okay, what, what's this mean, Yeah. right? And and to cleave is you take the meat cleaver, yes. right, which is this hooked blade thing, right, right, and you slam it deep into the meat, right. And once a meat cleaver is in the meat, you can only get it out 
by breaking the blade or by ripping apart the meat, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not like a knife, slide it in, slide it out, right? The meat cleaver and the meat become completely intertwined, mm-hmm. right? God loves us so completely, right? God loves us so he is completely intertwined in us. Right. And he wants us to be completely intertwined with him, mm-hmm. right? And and I think, right, I wonder actually at the end of his life, when Solomon looks back over his life, right, and and he's saying vanity of vanities, mm-hmm. all is vanity, I wonder if he ever stops himself and says, Father, do you remember the night you came to me in a dream? And we were together, really together. Mm -hmm. Do you ever remember, God, how good that was? You know, so Mm -hmm. you you got this this guy, and and he should be so fulfilled in his life, and and it's so empty, Mm -hmm. right? And then he looks back on this one moment, Mm -hmm. and he goes, oh, my gosh, right? That was love. That was to get... Do you, God, do you ever think back on that moment mm. and think, mm-hmm. that's where it was at. That's what it all is, right? So so here we are, and you go to yourself, okay, so, so God shows up, genie in the bottle kind of a thing. He says, you got one wish. What would you ask of me, mm-hmm. right? What's your one thing? Lord, let me love you with the same zeal, mm-hmm. the same steadfastness with which you love me, mm-hmm. Lord. And and you know it's like, well, wait, isn't that isn't that a waste of your one wish? You know, <laughs> but but you know, but what about the car or the house, whatever? Right. But but the fascinating thing, right, is. If you look at Solomon's life, he got wisdom, but he also got lumber to build the temple, yeah. right? He also got marble and stone and gems and everything, right? Lord, I will trust you to give me everything yeah. else I need. I yeah. know that's already part of the plan. Everything else that I need. Not necessarily what I want. That's exactly right, right? Everything, Lord, everything I need, everything I need to live a fulfilled life in love with you, you're going to give me already. Yeah. Right? Just as you gave Solomon everything he needed to live this glorious life. But Lord, if I do not love you as you love me, everything else will be for naught. Yeah. We need to pray for that steadfast love for the Lord like he has for us. That's exactly right. I mean, you, you think of the parable of the, of the scattering of the seed, and, and what's that, re- you know, we go over and we go, isn't that cute? You know, some seed falls on rocky ground, yeah. and some falls on the weeds, mm-hmm. and some falls, you know, um, all these different places, um, but then some falls in good soil, and, and it bears fruit, and it, that's, that's really wonderful. What, what God is really saying there is, 
it is hard to stay in love with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you are you are in a you got a really tough farm to work. Right. You are in exile. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're still together in paradise. Cupiscence, we're fallen. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so you need to make an effort. You need to make it a priority yeah. to stay in love with yeah. me. You know, Randy, I think it's less people get the idea that it's not right to pray for other stuff, you know, like pray for your family, pray for healing, you know, all that's good. But the priority has to be that, to love that steadfast love for God. Because I have a long list. I actually keep it in my uh, email to save file. <laughs> I, don't, every, I change it all the time, depending on the needs of different people and so on. But what's at the top of that list? Well, that's it. what is at the top of that list? I mean, that's the, that's the, the great thing is, yeah, it's like Solomon. Yeah, yeah. It was in, not bad. It, or, or praying for your, for you know, to respond yeah, out of love for your neighbors, right. right? But that's the second commandment, yes, right? Yes. And all of that, right? It is a noisy First Corinthians thirteen, noisy gong, clanging cymbal, right? Mary and Martha, yes, right? Yeah, Martha, Martha loves to serve God, right? But the service of God supplants God as the center of her life. Yes. We're out of time, Randy. We're going to have to do a part two on this because I think I've learned a lot about Solomon today. <laughs> and I think there's more He's to a know. wise guy. Yeah. So join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brendan, Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with a beautiful sound of seasons.